Sarah, Josh, and Ken. I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. First one, it's been widely reported that there has been settlement talks between Fox and Dominion. If we can expect this podcast to be released on Wednesday, do you think we could see a settlement released Thursday morning at the start of Business Eastern Time? <laughs> Second question, if you don't mind. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Josh Barrow. I'm here with uh, Ken White, as always, for Serious Trouble. Hey, Ken. Hello, Josh. Good to talk to you again today. Yeah, this is our second attempt at taping this week's episode of Serious Trouble. I want to thank our listener, Andy from Massachusetts, uh, who sent in that question that you just heard. We were going to use Andy's question in today's episode. In fact, we did use uh, his, a number of parts of his question in the episode that we taped on Tuesday morning as we and everybody else were waiting for the trial to start in Wilmington, Delaware, in the case of Dominion versus Fox. As you very likely know, that case settled on Tuesday afternoon. The judge in the case dismissed the jury that he'd just impaneled, and we threw into the trash the first 20 minutes uh, of the episode that we had taped on Tuesday morning, uh, speculating about what might happen in the upcoming trial and about whether there had been settlement talks, because, you know, that has all obviously been overtaken by events. And, and people should know, by the way, Ken, you're, you're in San Diego as we speak, right? Why are you in San Diego? I am in trial. I am in week two of a possibly multi-multi-week trial. Uh, so I found out about this amazing development, like so many Americans, uh, by a badly misspelled obscene text from Sarah. Uh, so, um, yeah, yes. this was something of a surprise. Uh, Josh, the evidence continues to grow that we have some sort of cosmic power to make things happen in reality. By when and what we tape. Yes. And uh, we have to continue to think about how to use this power. Well, if not for good, for okay, for entertaining. Well, we at least need to figure out how to use the power in a way that is not inconvenient for us. I mean, you know, there's a lot of mythologies, you know, going back to Midas and his touch about when you get certain powers and they end up bouncing right back onto you in ways that are unfavorable to you. If we, you know, exactly. if we caused this settlement to happen, we caused it in a way that, you know, took extra hours out of our day by making us tape two shows. Uh, on that note, I want to thank uh, the paying subscribers to Serious Trouble, who are the reason that we will tape two episodes in one day if necessary, if news breaks and, uh, and it breaks the podcast that we've, uh, that we've recorded. If you're not a paying subscriber to Serious Trouble, then you're not making it possible for us to do that. Um, and I want to encourage you to go to SeriousTrouble.show and become a paying subscriber for $6 a month or $60 a year. Um, we do have a pretty brief free episode uh, for everybody this week that uh, covers a number of the developments uh, that led up to this settlement in the Dominion Fox trial. And then we also have, for paying subscribers, a number of updates on various Trump-related matters, on uh, what's happening in Georgia, where we've seen some news stories speculating that that investigation is heating up. Could there even be some indictments there? We respond to some listener questions, continuing to discuss Alvin Bragg's indictment of Donald Trump in New York. Uh, and then we have updates on E. Jean Carroll's litigation, and we have some updates on Afro-Man. We talked about Afro-Man three weeks ago and his lemon pound cake and the uh, the raid that was uh, visited upon his home by uh, deputies from the Adams County Sheriff who are now suing him for taking surveillance video footage of them and making them into satirical music videos. Anyway, it's a, it's a really good episode not just because of the breaking news. And you can hear that if you go to SeriousTrouble.show and become a member. But Ken, let's talk about this settlement because Dominion's attorneys really did seem pretty pleased with themselves uh, at that press conference. Here's one of them speaking. Today's settlement of $787,500,000 represents vindication and accountability. Lies have consequences. Ken, 
That is a crap load of money. That is a gigantic amount of money. And uh, even though you normally say that you know a settlement is a business decision by rational actors, managing and mitigating risks, avoiding attorney's fees, $787 million, you stop saying that and just say, wow, that is a even via settlement, a complete ass kicking. Yeah. Uh, that may be the biggest defamation settlement in American history. It would not surprise me if it is. It's probably one of the biggest defamation judgments in American history. I mean, a gigantic yet real number. Uh, yeah. It's a very big chunk of Fox's cash on hand. About um, 20% of the cash that Fox Corporation has is going to have to be used to pay the settlement. And it is by some accountings um, – more than Dominion is worth. Yeah, I wanted to talk with you about that. I mean, this is an argument that Fox has been making throughout this litigation. Dominion is 75% owned by a private equity firm called Staple Street Capital. Uh, the New York Times was writing about this a little while back, saying, Fox said in a legal filing that Staple Street paid $38.3 million in 2018 to acquire 76.2% of Dominion. At the time, the private equity firm valued the technology vendor at $80 million, or one-twentieth of the $1.6 billion in damages that Dominion had sought from Fox. Uh, so, Ken, we have this settlement of $787.5 million, uh, almost 10 times as much as the owner of Dominion is purported to have thought that Dominion was worth just five years ago. It seems likely that Dominion's owners came out ahead in this whole defamation thing, that they have more money than they would have had if Fox had never lied about them. Yeah. And I mean, that's not terribly unusual in high stakes litigation. Uh, that someone can become fabulously wealthy as a result of something horrible happening to them. Uh, in this case, it just happens to be uh, very gratuitous defamation uh, and attacks on these people's character. So, but is there something a little perverse about that? I mean, I, I guess there there isn't. And, and the reason I would say that is civil litigation is supposed to compensate you for harms that you face, but there would have been punitive damages on the table here, potentially. There would have, you know, there were certain standards they would have had to have met. And I guess by definition, punitive damages are, are punitive. They are in excess uh, of the amount that would be required to compensate the plaintiff. And so it would then follow necessarily that the plaintiff is getting more than enough to make them whole? Right. So punitive damages, and we talked about this a lot in the context of the Alex Jones lawsuits, are supposed to punish and deter, to deter others. And they uh, can't be too big of a multiple of the actual damages that were suffered, and they can't be too big of a chunk of the defendant's net worth. But uh, Fox was definitely looking at a high number verdict here. And I, I think that they may have assessed that their exposure was higher by substantial amount than this number. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've seen some people speculating on social media that the oh Fox finally settles right before going to trial, and it's because they want to avoid an embarrassing trial and all the disclosures that would happen there, which I, I don't buy for a couple of reasons. One is so many embarrassing disclosures have already happened. We've seen so much stuff from what was in the depositions. Uh, we've seen all these internal documents from, from Fox uh, and, and text messages and emails and that sort of thing. And I guess some more of that stuff would have come out in the trial, including maybe some things that were under the protective order. There would have been witness testimony, but there were not cameras in the courtroom. So it was not going to be like you're going to have video footage of various Fox personalities testifying. They would be talking about things they'd already talked about in their depositions. I assume, as you say, the reason that Fox would have agreed to such a large number is that they were afraid of a multi-billion dollar judgment if they went all the way through trial. 
Uh, that too. I, I think they were worried that it would be in the billions and it, it could have been. Uh, I think also it's not just embarrassment, Josh, it's disruption. Mm-hmm. So you've got a trial that's going to be extremely disrupting to some of Fox's top talent and, uh, as it turned out, to some of Fox's and Fox Corp's very top leadership. So, you know, Rupert Murdoch, uh, the judge decided, would be testifying. And the man's 92 and he's got more money than God. So you can see at that point someone deciding to fund a gigantic settlement just not to get dragged into it. Uh, Sometimes business people make decisions like that. But I mean, I I understand viewing the litigation as a nuisance and wanting to pay to make it go. But you, you don't pay $800 million to settle a nuisance lawsuit. Not a nuisance lawsuit, no, but a lawsuit where there is real exposure and where the process is going to be very disruptive of business and generate some bad publicity, uh, then you may. I tend to agree with you that, that the bad publicity is overstated because I think most of the people whose opinion Fox cares about even after this, will still believe they did nothing wrong, would still believe that if they lost at trial and are not watching any news coverage of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I certainly think that it somewhat uh, drops their credibility and may have some marginal impact on who's willing to go on Fox shows and, and, and things like that uh, if it had been bad enough. It's not just because I'm in trial, Josh, though, but uh, you cannot overstate how terrible trial is uh, for everyone involved. <laughs> uh, and yes, I know this is, this is the life I chose, but uh, trial is exhausting and draining for everyone involved. Uh, you know, my clients walked out today looking stunned, just having sat there, not actually having to litigate it. And right. that's a universal experience. Let's talk some about how the timeline for how this played out, because the, this trial was supposed to start on Monday. It got delayed one day, and there wasn't an official reason given for why, although we had reporting in the Washington Post that was proved correct that there were settlement talks ongoing between the two parties. Uh, They came in on Tuesday morning. They impaneled a jury. Uh, They were supposed to have opening statements in the afternoon, and then the time that that was supposed to happen just came and went and and went and went. And then finally, just a little bit after 4 o'clock, you had this announcement that there was a settlement, and the the judge dismissed the jury. Uh, This also came on the heels of some pretrial rulings the judge had made that were unfavorable to Fox. Uh, He ruled for Dominion on certain aspects of its motion for summary judgment, basically finding that the statements that were made, they they were false, they were about Dominion, they were made by Fox News. Um, There was a somewhat technical issue about Fox Corporation's involvement. Um, And so basically, the the trial was going to start with a substantial advantage on certain questions for Dominion. That's the sort of thing that shakes loose a settlement in a case where the parties have not been able to come to terms in the very long period leading, leading up to the suit? Absolutely. And um, the the summary judgment is the big ticket item, obviously, that takes a bunch of issues off the table, makes it much easier for Dominion to win. Then some of the last minute pretrial rulings uh, were important, too. The judge got very annoyed with the Fox lawyers claiming they'd hidden the ball and concealed that Rupert Murdoch is uh, an officer of Fox News as well as Fox Corp. Now, in Fox's defense, this is all in their SEC statements. 
places like that. But apparently they didn't put it in some litigation documents where they should have. So probably more uh, a mistake than uh, an attempt at deceit. But the judge was in a bad mood at them, which is never a good sign. He was also making other unfavorable rulings to them, like unsealing, meaning that they could be shown to the public, further very incriminating evidence statements that various Fox personalities made about these circumstances and about uh, how much they hated, understandably, um, some of these uh, Trump people, uh, some of their own audience. They unsealed a message in which Tucker Carlson called Sidney Powell a fucking bitch, for example. They did. And I don't think we can discount uh, Tucker's expertise on being a bitch, uh, Josh. (laughs) So, yeah. So things were going badly. The other thing is there's nothing like court actually starting to get clients willing to move. So Mm -hmm. uh, until you show up and you see the jury there, it's all kind of hypothetical and abstract. Once you've got the judge yelling at your lawyers and the jury actually there, suddenly it it has a tendency to focus the mind on uh, what you should really do or not do. There are all these reasons why this would make Fox more inclined to settle. Shouldn't it have also made Dominion less inclined to settle? Uh, there, there were all these indications that made them more likely to win a trial. I mean, I guess, you know, $787 million uh, cuts against a lot of that. But I assume that what Dominion might have been willing to settle for, that dollar amount would have gone up as a result of all of these rulings. It probably did go up, but it's a question of sort of how piggy they were being, Josh. I mean, <laughs> $787.5 million or $1.5 billion. At a certain point, how much difference does it really make to the day-to-day life of a company? I mean, I don't know if they could spend all that through company operations if they wanted to. And they were probably realizing that realistically, even if they won, which was absolutely not certain – uh, then you know Fox is probably going to post a bond and appeal, so they're not going to get the money for years and years, and all this is going on. And meanwhile, Fox is still trash-talking them and doing its own narrative. This, on the other hand, is an immediate, unqualified, gigantic win. Yeah, I mean, especially like if you're the private equity owners of Dominion Voting Systems and you have the opportunity to go back to the investors in your fund and point to the at least 10 times multiple what you have made on your investment in Dominion just by receiving the settlement, even if the voting machine business turned out to be worthless, which it is not, they are still in the business of selling uh, voting machines. Uh, You compare that to the possibility of an even larger verdict, but one that you might have to wait years to report out and one that might not materialize. I can certainly see why you would take that... uh, the bird in the hand there. Yeah, I can see if them hesitating to take a uh, ten million or maybe even a hundred million, but at some right. point it's an easy call. Yeah, the settlement is a lot of money. There's been some discussion about what else might be in the settlement and what else ought to have been in the settlement. And so you had the the CEO of Dominion who goes out at this press conference and he says Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion. Uh, But then there's a written statement from Fox, and what that written statement that I believe is what he was referring to, the Fox statement says, we acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. That's not precisely an admission, is it? It's absolutely not an admission. It's just saying we acknowledge that we lost on this issue. 
Right. Uh, but it's not saying we agree we should have lost or we agree that we did wrong. And, and that's not very surprising. Uh, you know, actual admissions of wrongdoing as part of a settlement are very rare. Josh, we should talk for a second here about what probably exists now and what probably doesn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, A settlement agreement, particularly involving these numbers and these types of parties, is a very long, very annoying document. Expect the final (laughs) settlement to be maybe 30, 40, 50 pages full of incomprehensible lawyer boilerplate and uh, really densely written. But probably they did not finish that today because that takes a long time to negotiate. What they probably came with today, and we actually have some breathless reporting of of seeing a, a piece of paper being handed back and forth between Fox <laughs> and Dominion lawyers, is a term sheet. Basically a signed document that says, okay, these are the basic terms. You guys get $787.5 million. We get historically humiliated uh, and, you know, we waive all claims and we'll cooperate on a full agreement. And if we can't agree on some detail, the judge will decide it. Probably says something basically like that. That's how you feel comfortable to call off the jury. And yet you don't have to put them off for three weeks while you draft the full settlement agreement. So right. that's probably what we have. And so will we get to see that agreement? Uh, likely the full settlement agreement will be some way public. I doubt Dominion is going to agree that uh, the whole thing be confidential. The reason is, I, I mean... Well, I mean, we already know the most important fact about it, which is well, the exactly. amount that so, was paid. So there's really no point in being confidential at this point. Uh, so likely it will be public. And yes, uh, we will be able to uh, thrill our uh, listeners, Josh, by going through it paragraph by paragraph, the Ooh. the integration clause. Uh, well, I can, I can imagine some people at Fox were going to be quite upset about an integration clause. Yes. <laughs> oh, well played. Well played. And all the waivers. The waivers are super important where you've bought peace and no one can ever sue anyone again over this. Well, no one can ever sue anyone again over the specific matter of the claims about Dominion. I mean, this is the other thing that we saw Dominion's attorneys talking about, that, you know, it's the end of this lawsuit, but it's not the end of the litigation. True. But one crucial part of any settlement is that you want to waive not only known claims, but unknown claims. So as Fox, you don't want Dominion coming back this next month and saying, oh, we just found out that you also said these other three things to these other three people were filing a new suit. So the the idea is this agreement's going to have complete peace for everything from the beginning of time till today for these particular parties between themselves. Right. But what, what I mean is that Fox still faces a lawsuit from Smartmatic, and Dominion has a number of other lawsuits it's brought. And, and here's one of Dominion's attorneys talking about that. I was preparing today to give the opening that we never got to, I never got to give. Uh, I was reminded of the hell that the Dominion employees went through and continue to go through to this day. Money is accountability. And we got that today from Fox. But we're not done yet. We've got some other people who have some accountability coming towards them. And I'm very proud of the team from Sussman Godfrey that has worked tirelessly for this case, and we'll move right on to the next one. Uh, So, Ken, Dominion is suing Newsmax and One America News Network. They're also suing certain individuals. They're suing Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, and Patrick Byrne. Uh, Patrick Byrne, for people who've forgotten this wackadoodle character, is the founder of Overstock.com. So he's a a very wealthy uh, founder of a dot-com business that has been successful. Mike Lindell is a 
pillow magnate, so he might, you know, have uh, quite a bit of money. I don't know. The my pillow is private. I don't know that we know exactly what it's worth, but I assume that Mike Lindell is rich. Uh, so there, there's going to be a bunch of other litigation that Dominion will be continuing to pursue. I mean, this was this was the big one. But conceivably, you might get substantial judgments out of some of those other parties, too, that are still worth pursuing. Yes. I mean, not substantial on the um, level of this, not Mm -hmm. in that level, but punishing to the defendants and amusing to uh, Dominion. I mean, Dominion now (laughs) has a war chest that could allow them to hire everybody forever. (laughs) <laughs> and they may not care to some extent with all this free money how much they spend to grind some of these other people into the dirt. You know, Mike Lindell's net worth, who knows how high it is. It depends on what today's uh, street value of antipsychosis drugs are. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to be uh, – they're going to keep going even if what they're going after is now in the millions rather than the hundreds of millions. They're going to keep going. Yeah. And then Smartmatic, another voting machine company uh, that was also purported to be involved in a, in a bunch of these election stealing conspiracies. Uh, they're also suing Fox. And that lawsuit is still outstanding. Should we assume that Smartmatic is also going to get about $800 million out of this? No. Different cases are different. Um, we don't know uh, if the quality of the evidence about Smartmatic is the same. We know the statements made, they made about them are somewhat different. I mean, in a way, they're stupider since Smartmatic uh, was only operating in Los Angeles within the United States. The only jurisdiction that used Smartmatic equipment for its elections was Los Angeles County. Obviously, L.A. County was not an important uh, venue for the fighting of the 2020 presidential election. And so, but doesn't that make Smartmatic's claim stronger? The 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 idea that Smartmatic was involved in uh, an effort to steal elections in states like Georgia or Wisconsin is even more ridiculous than it was regarding Dominion. Uh, it's more ridiculous, but it also suggests they may not have the same damages. Uh, whereas with Dominion, we've seen some places, uh, particularly recently, I believe in Shasta County, uh, California, which is where we oh, had yes. a goat kidnapped and summarily executed. Um, they've stopped using Dominion as a result of all these false narratives. Smartmatic may not have damages like that. They may not be able to demonstrate that they were even trying to get anyone else in America to use their stuff. So that's a different circumstance. We also just don't know exactly what they said about Smartmatic and whether or not there's the same level of admissions that the particular allegations were bogus as we have. But is that really how juries think about these sorts of things? I mean, we've talked a lot about how juries are big on on vibes and the gestalt of cases. If Fox told a bunch of of ridiculous and damaging lies about both Smartmatic and Dominion, um, and the jury believes that Fox did this knowingly and for a bad purpose, and Smartmatic presumably would have defamation per se here, which is to say that because they're being accused of committing crimes and doing their business badly, they are assumed to have at least some nominal amount of damages. Is the jury really going to like get its calculators out and say, well, you know, uh, L.A. County didn't drop you, and so we don't really think the damage to your business was that great, and so the award's going to be small? Well, juries, uh, you know, tend to to act with their lizard brains, uh, litigators say, but they're competing instincts there. One instinct is these people are bastards. Let's make them suffer. Another instinct is I really sympathize with this uh, 
this plaintiff who I like, uh, but another is I work hard for my money. Why should we just be handing gigantic sums of money out? When you've got a corporation like Smartmatic that doesn't have a cute mascot and is not going to be easily humanized, I think there's going to be a somewhat lower uh, tendency to hand out a gigantic amount of money without some sort of showing of actual harm coming to is it is it hard to humanize a company in a situation like this? I mean, Dominion has talked extensively about threats that have been received by their employees and their customers. This has been a great outcome for Dominion's owners. Um, yes. I don't know that Dominion's CEO and Dominion's employees would have been happy to go through this in order to get this very large settlement. I think, isn't that, isn't that how you humanize the company? You say, these people work for this company and these crazy people are sending them threats and it's very hard for them to do their jobs because all of these lies have been told about them? Yes, but it's still harder to get a jury to hand out a giant number unless you can tie it to some sort of harm mm-hmm. uh, to the company. So that's not say they wouldn't. I'm saying it would be harder than it is in the case of Dominion. But so what do you do if you are Smartmatic right now? I assume this is a positive event for you if you're Smartmatic, even if you can't assume to replicate the settlement exactly. I, I think you start combing through all of the statements that Fox makes after this to find incriminating admissions. Uh, you parse every statement to the nth degree. You prepare to start making arguments about why you should be able to put this in evidence that Fox basically admitted doing something terrible by handing out this much money. Now, normally a settlement like this is not going to be admissible in another case because it's generally understood that a settlement is a business decision based on a bunch of factors. You can't draw a straight line from a settlement to saying, yes, we were wrong. Um, So usually you would count on probably the judge keeping it out. With a settlement this gigantic, (laughs) you could maybe see a judge start saying, well, you know, I actually think that the probative power of this starts to outweigh the confusion and prejudice from allowing it in. So I I think Smartmatic is seeing, can we get our judge to let anything in about the fact that they had to settle for, you know, most of a billion dollars uh, based on the same chain of events? There's one other interesting piece of litigation, and it's also in Delaware. It's This one's in the Chancery Court in Delaware, where the uh, Tesla shareholder lawsuit was. And it's also a shareholder lawsuit. It's a shareholder lawsuit against Fox Corporation that was filed last week, alleging that Fox executives breached their fiduciary duties to shareholders by allowing Fox personalities to breach the company's ethical standards, uh, to risk the reputation of the company by telling all of these lies on the air. Uh, and that that cost shareholders money. Presumably, the fact that Fox Corporation or that Fox News and and using the funds of Fox Corporation is having to pay out this enormous settlement strengthens the argument that there was a breach against its shareholders uh, because of the decisions that they made here. Yes. Now, shareholder litigation is complicated and there are a bunch of barriers between uh, the plaintiffs in a payday. You can't just go in and say you should have done this differently. Uh, there are things, uh, the the so-called business judgment rule and other doctrines that basically say you can't completely go in and second guess Monday morning quarterback, uh, the executives of corporation about what they did to the stock price. On the other hand, you've got $787.5 million, right. which is kind of a number that tends to take things out of the normal run. So yeah, I think that this helps them in a big way. That lawsuit and others like it, like some of the litigation brought by former uh, 
Fox employees demonstrates why Fox probably hasn't and probably won't admit liability or admit wrongdoing in the settlement, uh, because that would be different to the point at which you have a corporate admission uh, that we, you know, knowingly published all these lies, that starts being something that's more useful in a lawsuit like that or in any of the employee lawsuits or for Smartmatic or anything. But since admissions have those collateral consequences, I very much doubt we'll see that in the settlement, Fox saying anything other than we acknowledge this ruling by the court and, you know, in order to buy peace, we're doing this. Finally, I want want to talk about the lawyers and how much money they likely made from this. The settlement, $787.5 million. Should we assume that 30% of that goes to the attorneys? Well, we don't know the basis on which they're suing. We don't know if they have this on a contingency basis. Uh, We don't know whether it's on an hourly basis or something called blended, which is a, a lower hourly rate and a lower contingency. It could be any of those. But Josh, in this system, the lawyers usually come out fine. Fox's lawyers are being paid titanic amounts, and they're still going to get much richer as a result of this case. Dominion's lawyers, uh, however they were being compensated, will be hugely compensated for all their hard work on this case. All the lawyers come out. No, I, I understand that. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I saw a civil action. Like, isn't it the case that a defendant's attorneys, you know, they they bill hours and, you know, it's a very stable business and, and plaintiff's attorneys in tort cases like this, I realize that it's, you know, it could be a blended agreement or that sort of thing. But isn't the way this business works that you you hit some things out of the park as a plaintiff and you, you, you know, you get some giant set and this is, as you, as you suggested, maybe the, the largest settlement ever in a, in a defamation case. That's yes, should, uh, I, I that's, assume that this is a much better outcome for the attorneys than if they had settled for 150 million. Or am I wrong to assume that? Well, no matter what, it's a better outcome for them because they're set for the rest of the careers for bringing in clients based on a win this big. We just don't know whether they're doing it on a full or partial contingency. That would probably be the better bet, but it's not a sure thing, particularly when you have a specialized area uh, like defamation. Uh, Sometimes uh, people are hesitant to take it on a contingency basis because there are so many unknowns and it's such an uphill battle. So they may become some of those suddenly super rich plaintiff's lawyers uh, that you see, uh, or they may not. But either way, they've had a good day. That's the end of this week's free episode of Serious Trouble, our second attempt uh, at taping that episode. Uh, We do have much more for paying subscribers. And so if you become a paying subscriber, you can get that much more. That's a discussion of events in Georgia, where there's an ongoing grand jury investigation into Donald Trump and his efforts to interfere in the election in that state. There are some signs that investigation may be heating up. Uh, We also answer some more listener questions about the indictment that Donald Trump faces in New York. We talk about E. Jean Carroll's two lawsuits against uh, the former president, uh, one of which uh, Trump sought to have delayed on the grounds that he's just been indicted, and that's too prejudicial if he's also being sued in a civil suit over an alleged rape. Uh, The judge was not very impressed with that argument from Trump. And then uh, finally, we have some updates on Afro Man, uh, his lemon pound cake 
uh, songs based on the raid of his home by Adams County uh, Sheriff's deputies. He used video of those deputies to make satirical music videos about their bumbling raid uh, for a nonsense allegation that he had been involved in some sort of kidnapping. Uh, now he's being sued by those deputies for use of their likeness for a commercial purpose. Uh, we have some updates on that. So again, I encourage you to go to SeriousTrouble.show for $6 a month or $60 a year. You can become a paying subscriber. You'll get that full episode. You'll get every full episode of this show that we put out. At least 40 episodes a year. Actually, I'm looking like significantly more than 40 episodes. This is the 42nd episode that we've put out, and we've only been at this for a little bit more than 10 months. So again, I hope you'll join us there at SeriousTrouble.show, uh, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.